Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's quite a moment. We're with a man of music. Our guest, John DiNicola, is a songwriter, musician, producer, recording artist, He has written some songs that are enduring pop hits. All of you know Hungry Eyes, and I've had the time of my life. Well, he's released his debut album as a recording artist, and it's called The Why Because. It includes both of those songs, among some other selections. And recently, his song Hungry Eyes hit the top 30 national adult contemporary charts. I guess that just shows you can't stop a great song. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Paul. So what made you think, now is the time, now is the time to release my first album? That is a great question. It sort of just unearthed itself and kind of fell in naturally. I A year or so ago, I don't even know if time goes so quick these days. I'm not sure how long ago it was, a couple of years. And I put a recording studio in my upstate New York residence in a barn. And we started to check the acoustics out, you know, right away in the big room. And I had my son set up his drums and I started recording. And we ended up, you know, redoing. I wanted it. There's a first song on the record. It's called You're the Only One. And I also wrote that with Frankie Previtt. And um, who I was my co-writer for the Dirty Dancing songs. And it was in a movie by Sylvester Stallone called Avenging Angelo. And it was sung by Steve Holy. But it was never released as a you know piece of music. It was just in the film. So I always loved that song. I, I thought it was one of our better songs that we put out into the world. And I thought, somebody else can do that song. We can try and get another cover on that. And and I heard it a certain way in my head, which was kind of like a Glenn Campbell, uh, Jimmy Webb type song. That's how I was hearing the song. And I, I started to pursue that. And when it came time to get somebody to sing it, I said, who can I get to sing this song? And I just decided to do it myself and, and figured, well, I, maybe I can just put together a bunch of songs as an artist sort of and and that would be a, an impetus for covers for other artists to go oh i like this song by this guy john Nicole. so so that's how it evolved i just I, one song came after another and people were were unexpectedly re- responding to my voice in a very positive way i, I never really thought of myself as a singer I, you know i'd sing back up and i you know maybe in my club date early, you know, cover band stuff when I was a kid, sang a couple of lead vocals, but I, I never, I never really thought of myself as a lead vocalist. And, um, I don't know, all of a sudden it, it, one thing led to another and I started doing this song and that song of mine and, um, lo and behold, a record formed and, and it kind of informed me as to who I am as an artist which, you know, I, I spent all those years getting in other people's heads what would 
this artist sing or what would that artist sing? And then it's sort of almost, it was so much fun to just reveal who I am after all these years. And I, you know, I, I, I wonder if, if I hadn't, if I'd done it sooner or, or earlier, it, it wouldn't be as, I don't know, it, I'm in a certain place in my life where I can uh, sort of um, call on my years of experience and, and uh, you know, I'm laying all the tracks down pretty much except for drums myself and a couple of, you know, guest people on each song. But the singing is sort of like the last thing I do. And I'm like, I don't know, it's, all of a sudden it sounded pretty good. So, so I went with it. Oh, yeah. I was um, playing the album here, and my wife said, wow, who is that? Turn that up. Your voice sounds wow. really, really good. I, I'm really, really enjoying the album. That's great. I, 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 I'm appreciative when, you know, people, uh, that's the whole point, you know, is just to get, the bottom line is to get the music out there and into people's ears for me. That, that was, you know, a lot of these songs, some of these songs were written to be covered by artists, but never were. So it's nice to get them out into the world and to be heard. On that note, all the things that you do from songwriting, record producing, now being a recording artist yourself, singing, is there a part of music that you would say is the most satisfying? Huh. Um, you know, when it, when it's all said and done and, um, I know I've built the, a lot of the tracks, if not most of the tracks and, and I've recorded it through, I use a lot of analog kind of vintage analog gear and, and tape machines. And, and so when that, all that's put into place and, um, and it comes back through the speakers sounding great. That's the most satisfying. I was just actually speaking with a, a radio station down in South Carolina a little earlier that interviewed me too. And um, they had just listened to you're the only one and, and were duly here. I mean, they, they enjoyed it. They liked it. And that's the first song on, on the why, because that song, if I was to pick the song that I'm most satisfied with, with the way it makes me feel, the way it sounds and from what was in my head and what got across on, you know, on the recording, it's almost my, it's probably my favorite thing I've ever done. I mean, I love everything on the record, but that song, I feel like I could say that's John DiNicola as an artist right there. There was a singer songwriter that I interviewed a couple years ago. And he had recorded an album back in the 70s and just now came out with, he was coming out with his second album after all these years. And he was telling me that it made him nervous to, you know, to, to wonder like, how, how's this going to be received? Was there any nerves at all when it was like, okay, this is my debut? Yeah. Uh, not really, only because, you know, I got, I get to hear it. I lived with it. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of producer, songwriter, producer, whatever, that 
you know, when it doesn't sound good to me, I, I'll cringe or I'll be like, oh, I just didn't come home the way I wanted it to. When I listened back to this record, everything was um, as I wanted it to be, maybe better than what I wanted it to be. So I, I had, um, you know, I felt I felt I, I'd laid it down and gotten myself across as an artist as best as I, I didn't. I felt like people would like it. I just felt that confident in it. And I'm not that kind of person necessarily, you know, and, and in a way, the fact that it's me as an artist and my record that I could, I, I've probably felt the most confident. And I, I can't really explain that why that is maybe because it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a heartfelt or a, a, a gut player, a gut writer, I, everything is on a gut level. I don't think about anything really. It's all just, I, I just play and I sing and I write. So, maybe that's, you know, I'm familiar with everything that I laid down, you know, in, in there. So, and, and it was all in my hands. A lot of times, you know, with the original hungry eyes and original time of my life, you know, we, we set demos out into the, to these artists that covered them and sang them, but the tracks were out of our hands, you know, it's somebody else producing those tracks. So this was, um, this was, you know, fun for me because not only was I producing, I'm the songwriter. So I think all that together made me feel good about the project. That said, the most nervous I was, was my release party. <laughs> I had to go up and perform these songs. <laughs> now, I'm a studio rat and I can do that. But now I had to be out in front of people and, you know, not being a, not having sung lead vocals, you know, in a band for most of my life. It was, you know, it, it felt kind of weighty up there. And, uh, you know, especially when uh, you have to put a song like I've had the time in my life across or a hungry eyes, you know, and so it, that was the most nervous I felt how that would, how that would be, uh, how it would be taken in live. I'll confess I'm a John Waite fan. And when I saw on the titles of the songs, In God's Shadow, my first thought was, oh, like the John Waite song? And I did not know that you co-wrote that. And I'm hoping you can tell us about that. It also appears on the album. Yes, that was a song that I wrote with John, uh, a fellow named Anthony Kryzon, uh, who was in, um, oh, um, gosh, what was the name of that band? Um, I can't think of his band, but sorry, Anthony. But Anthony cries on uh, Spin Doctors. And then the fourth writer and um, main lyricist was Keith Reed, who wrote Whiter Shade of Pale and did most of the lyrics for Proko Harum, if not all. And so, you know, we recorded that back in the 90s on a John Waite record, and it was up-tempo and kind of a rockin' vibe. And as I was searching through songs that I had co-written with people, that came up as one that I thought I could, I could uh, reinvent in a way, in my own way. And, uh, I, I, you know, I slowed it down and I tried to make it sound like an English folk song type, you know, song. So that's how that came about. I, I did run it by both John and Keith to make sure they were okay with me covering it. And they both were, and actually, uh, both of them really loved the version. So, 
But John is someone I wrote a lot with. In fact, we just touched base recently, actually just before the pandemic hit. And he, he had listened to some demos we had done that were never released, never recorded as, you know, uh, on a record. And he was loving them and wondered if we shouldn't try and resurrect them. There, there was about three or four, maybe five songs. Interesting. Well, on the note of John Waite, there have been so many great singers who have recorded songs that you wrote. Eric Carmen, Bill Medley, a, a, a fan of uh, so many people are a fan of. Is there a version of one of your songs that in particular you think, wow, they really knocked it out? Well, uh, you know, all of them, really. I mean, Bill Medley and Jennifer Warren's, I mean, that was a perfect perfect vocal really i mean that, that helped sell that song I, I think couldn't ask for more you know i, I a child of the 60s i i i loved those right righteous brothers songs and you know that's what jimmy einer who was a music director was trying to call on that you know mid 60s early 60s righteous brothers vibe with by by having bill medley sing uh, the time of my life so you know, I, I, I'm impressed with that. John Wade, of course, anything he sings, he could sing, as they say, he could sing the phone book. He just has a uh, that you know one of the greatest rock voices, really, of, of all time. So, yeah, you know, I guess I'd have to go with Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens on, on, on their, the way they put that song across. I think we're living in a time where music is more important than ever. So for anybody who listens to The Why Because, which I suggest they do, what do you hope that they get from the experience of listening? Well, I, I would hope, I, my number one hope is to just get the songs out into the air and into people's ears. That's the number, that's the number one reason for doing the record. I guess also to uh, hopefully feel that they experience something that was heartfelt. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not a great singer, never was, but if, if there's anything I can do is, is um, and, and that's what you know, people in the industry always talk about. I mean, it seems that because people are responding to this record and responding to my voice, you know, it, I'm singing from my heart. I'm singing honestly, to the best, <laughs> the best of my ability. And like I said, people are responding really well to, to my voice, particularly, which is the last thing I expected. You know, that's the last thing I thought people would go, "Oh, wow, you have a good voice." Right? That I never expected. That sort of, you know, gravy in this situation. But I think if if it's anything they're responding to, it's a it's an honesty. Because that's how I approach my music. It's heartfelt, and I was weaned on that kind of stuff. You know, a Steve Winwood, uh, Bob Mosley from Moby Grape, people who just uh, just sang from the heart. You know, and that, that's that's what I try and get across, and, that, and that's what I would hope people would uh, respond to. I always like to give the guest the stage at the end. For anyone who's tuned in, wherever they are, what would you like to say to anyone who's listening? Well, 
gosh, you know, there's so much politics going on these days. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, we did a, a video. I don't know if you got a chance to see it for Hungry Eyes. Oh, yeah. And we had the idea, actually my wife had the idea of asking people to turn their iPhone sideways and put a ma- face, you know, a COVID mask on and express like we do through our eyes and um, had them send them to me. And we, we um, kind of put a montage of that together. And my son was still here before he went back to New York City. He was here with us sort of uh, quarantining. And he's a film guy. And so he, he, he got me performing the song. And then we would intersperse all the people with face masks. So I guess the message I would like to get to people right now and is the same as what the video does is we need to wear our masks for a little while. We need to, you know, we, we shouldn't be fighting this. Just that's our only defense to, to coronavirus and to not acknowledge that and to keep, you know, I, I'm doing a little heavy, heavy handed here. The, the video is much more subtle, but the point <laughs> is put on, put on the mask, put on the mask. We, we need to do this at least for a few more months, six months, eight months, a year, who knows how much longer, but that's our only defense right now. And I don't know why anybody would be fighting that. That's my message. <laughs> Anyone out there, they can go to John dash or John hyphen. And it's actually, you know, you know what I I'm sorry. I'm well, go ahead. Interrupt. It, could, it, it could just be either one, John dash Nicola or just John Nicola.com. Both, both are okay. So I put all these labels on you that you're a singer, a, a songwriter, a recording artist, a producer. Who would you say John DiNicola is at heart? Mm. Wow, that puts me on the spot. Well, kind of a um, family, you know, family guy, animal person. You know, feet on the ground. I was raised very, very um, middle class, and my dad was a bricklayer. You know, we were a working family. We all worked for him, and so you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the success I've been able to have and to stay in the business, in the music business, and realize uh, my humble beginnings. You know, and feel like everyone should uh, have that opportunity to to uh, thrive so you know I, I, it's hard to define you know just someone who loves music <laughs> and the most fun i have is out here in the barn in my uh, call it a man cave but it's it's my recording studio and you know between my wife my dogs and my son when he comes up here and the studio i'm i'm completely content (laughs) excellent well sir congratulations on the album thank you so much for spending time with us all right well thanks for having me i enjoyed it all right until next time 
Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scatting G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.